This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. And now, after years of planning, sweating, and going broke, here is the Boots and Whiskey Podcast with Jim Belisle. And it left the media. Why they would give this man a podcast is anyone's guess. And there is what could only be a bizarre coincidence or something else. Welcome to the Boots and Whiskey Podcast with Jim Belisle. Trap, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, sir. Country music and fine moonshine. You look like the vermin-ridden son of a bitch you are. A podcast for everyone in the good old USA and all around the world. Oh, over there, over there, send word, send word over there. Quality booze and country music at its best. So you're saying, can you set my country music award on fire? The music, nice and loud. What we do is if we need that extra push over the cliff, you know what we do? Put it up to 11. 11, exactly. You can email the show at bootsandwhiskeypodcast at gmail.com. That's bootsandwhiskeypodcast at gmail.com. It's just swimming with bow-legged women. All social media can be found at Boots and Whiskey Podcast. The show is great, even if you're sober. Well, my advice to you... Start drinking heavily. Jim loves his music and his whiskey. A real woman could stop you from drinking. It has to be a real big woman. This is the Boots and Whiskey Podcast with Jim Belisle. Great music, great booze, and fun, even for you non-drinkers. Y'all want to drink whiskey? I'd like a Coca-Cola in a clean lab. Finally, a podcast that lets it all hang out. Let's level with America. Got your boots? Ready for some whiskey? These boots are made for walking. One of these days, these boots are gonna walk all over you. And now, the Boots and Whiskey Podcast with Jim Belisle. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Boots and Whiskey Podcast. So, it's Sunday, it's April 24th. I'm going off the rails a little bit here because I wanted to get this episode out because we got a lot of things coming up. Um, and I I was initially going to save this conversation for Season 3 um, in June, but I, I wanted to throw out something special today. Um, we have a big concert down in Boston on Lansdowne Street, sold out, bunch of locals, some great national acts, and honestly, I wanted to listen to this episode on my way there. So, we have Darian Lee on the on the show today. We're still going to have our regular release on Tuesday, um, but I was just, I don't know, I felt like I wanted to release this one today. Um, like I said, it was supposed to come out in season three. I wanted it to, I kind of wanted it to come out in season three, but I just, I don't know. I was going through some editing and getting some things done and, and ready to go. And, um, honestly, this conversation with her fits better in season two. Um, and I've, uh, you know, I just, I wanted to get it out. That's really it. You know, there's no rhyme or reason. Um, everything else is still going as planned. I just wanted to release this one today as like a bonus as like a, hey, things are crazy, you know, and 
I, I don't know. I just needed this conversation after listening back to it and, and uh, putting it together. Um, so, you know, Darian, thank you so much for being on the show, first of all. Um, it was really great to get to know you. You know, we got a lot of friends in common, um, people that have been on this show and, you know, just people we know. So thank you so much for being here. Um, I hope you all enjoy this conversation um, because it, it was really nice to get to know her. You know, I didn't know much about Darian before um, the conversation came out. So, you know, it's cool. It was really cool. You know, and I love that I didn't know much about her because it it made me more engaged in the conversation, I thought. Um, and I feel like that's true with all of my guests, but this one in particular. Um, you know, I went in, had see, saw her name all over the place on social media and whatnot, but um, never really dove into it much about her you know i did my research for the for the conversation and had some background on her but you know it was nice to you know have almost you know like talking to somebody i'd never met you know obviously i don't meet any of these guys for the most part but um yeah i hope you enjoy this sunday special um of darian lee um thank you so much darian and then we will be back for our regular schedule on tuesday it will be Jennifer Lauren from Diamonds and Whiskey. Um, that con that conversation is you'll you'll see. Um, I I screwed up on that one, so um, I had thought it already come out. But um, Darian, thank you so much. I hope everybody enjoys this episode. Um, we've got some plugs here for our Wojix Farm thing we've got going on, as well as our friends over at CMV, and of course, thank you to all of our friends, Dirt Road Scholar Supply Company. Matthew Olive Photography, American Grit and Grace, um, God, everybody, Afterglow Boutique, um, Soul Authentic, thank you all so much for everything. Um, and enjoy this special Sunday conversation with Darian Lee. Hey guys, just a friendly reminder, we are coming up on our one year Boots and Whiskey podcast anniversary. We are kicking it off a great celebration, June 11th. Country Jam, Wojcik's Farm, 65 Milk Street, Blackstone, Massachusetts. This is a 21-plus event from 1 p.m. to 10 p.m. Cat Country is going to be there out of Providence. Come check it out. Get your tickets. You'll be able to see Wendy and the Cultivators, Pete Tyler Band, Trigger South, the Pub Kings, Goat Roper Band, Houston Bernard, and Timmy Brown will be our headliner. It's going to be a hell of a night. Get your tickets. You're not going to want to miss it. June 11th, Country Jam. Wojcik's Farm. We'll see you there. I also want to say a big thank you to our friends over at CMV Music Network for sponsoring today's episode and helping us bring it to you. Always remember CMV Music Network. It's where musicians come to play. Hello, hello. Hey, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing so good. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm, this is so fun. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so like I told you, you know, through text, you know, this is, you know, laid back. There's no agenda. I, you know, I have no questions for you. I want you to tell your story and have a conversation and, you know, whatever happens in the next however long we talk is, is what happens, you know. So cool. I am going to, I'm going to leave the floor open for you. Tell us who you are. Tell us your story, and I will. Uh, I'll interject and, and jump in. Yeah, that's perfect. My name is Darian Lee. I'm originally from a small town of Carlston, Minnesota. I now live out here in Nashville. I've been doing music ever since I was a kid. 
I started out in theater when I was five years old and it really just kind of progressed from there into a love of I've always loved music but it was just a way to channel music as well for me and music was how I got through things in life it's how I learned in school it's honestly music is my lifeline it's where I found a home and I've just been creating music and releasing music and and just enjoying the journey that is to wherever my career might be so what's the what's the uh, I want to say the country music scene like in Minnesota it's actually, I think, a much much more alive than most people might assume, just based off of it not being Nashville. Um, right. I was raised on the likes of Johnny Cash and Loretta Lynn, all of them, you name them, Dolly Parton. And I was lucky enough to always be surrounded with, quite honestly, a really large group of people that were super interested in listening to country music. Uh, there's organizations up there that I'm proudly a part of, like the Midwest Country Music Organization. I was just nominated for Female Vocalist of the Year through them, and which is such an honor. And it's it's really alive up there, and it's really booming and moving and always growing and ever-changing. And it's a really cool thing to be a part of. Yeah, you know, it's funny you say that because, you know, the more and more of these conversations I have and, you know, people from all over the place, it seems like, you know, each region and re- each you know, part of this country has a very vibrant country music scene that I don't think people outside of Nashville really kind of understand. I think people understand it, but I think it's almost underestimated in not just Nashville, but I would say more like neighboring states. Like I don't, I don't completely comprehend how another state might have country music booming and alive there. I think it's, Country music is for everyone, just as every yeah. genre is. And I think it's super cool to experience the differences, though, that Nashville still has yet to where I'm from in Minnesota. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's funny because out here in New England, you know, especially in the Boston area, you know, there's a huge country music scene. Absolutely. That, you know, really has really blossomed, I would say, in the last 10 years that it wasn't, right. Right. you know. And I just think that's because of the popularity of the genre in the last decade. For sure. It's it's become more, I think, for everyone. And people can, I always say, we can all argue about what we think is country and what isn't country, but it's pretty cool to be able to be in a genre that is ever-changing and developing even from the beginning of its time. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Now, would you would you say, you know, how would you describe your music based on that whole, is it country, is it not country, you know, a traditional country rather than a you know, what, you know, radio countries per se, I guess you could right. you could call it, you know? Yeah, I would say my space in the country music scene is country with a little bit of pop, um, mm-hmm. but a little bit more country. Um, yeah. I think that I'm someone that doesn't feel the need to, my roots are planted in country, but I don't feel the need to say that I can only do stuff that sounds purely country I think that artistry is artistry and I think it's really cool to be able to have a genre that can branch out as well so I do a little bit of it all in country music and I think it's super cool to be able to do that yeah no it it, you know it's funny because country has really you know turned into that genre where you could start somewhere go somewhere else and always come back to absolutely country music is like a home and the yeah. arms are open for so much and i think it's really cool yeah so how long have you been in nashville now from taking the leap from minnesota 
Um, I officially moved actually in November, but I was traveling back and forth for about four or five years before then. And so mm-hmm. I've been telling, actually explaining this to a lot of people lately. And what I say is that the only thing that's different between living here and staying here for months at a time to work on projects and rights is that I now have more of my things and I'm not in an Airbnb. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, now, when you were going back and forth, you know, what were you doing at home to kind of, you know, get you in between trips? Yeah, so I was I was doing Zoom rights, um, not through Zoom, but through FaceTime and any other app or website that allowed us to do that sort of thing mm-hmm. before quarantine happened. That was kind of my way of continuing to connect with people down here. But more so, I was just on the road playing gigs. I was gigging yeah. as much as I could, going and visiting radio stations, radio tours, and traveling all over, just trying to get my name out, but also just to get performance hours and to plant my roots in Minnesota even more and get my name out there. So it was a lot of hard digging, I would say, for quite a while. But um, I'm really happy to consider Minnesota home and to have their support. I think those years of really hard work really helped me be where I'm at and to have such a name in my state. Yeah. Now, so... So if I were to pick up and go to Minnesota and say, hey, do you know who Darian Lee is? They would know who you are. I would guess so. There might be, you might run into the one that might not here and there, but I would say majority <laughs> right. do. That's awesome. That's yeah, awesome. It's, now, it's cool. What, what were the size of shows you were playing at home? You know, was it, you know, was it opening for, you know, big names? Were you doing your own headlining shows in the area? Uh, I've, I've been performing since I was like 13 or 14. So... I was taking just about anything I could get, whether it was playing at a local church performance or um, literally a retirement party or hockey games or, again, anything I could get under my belt. I was taking it all. And it slowly became shows that were bigger shows where I was opening for people like Cat Perkins and Joe Nichols and... um, many different artists that I was able to open for and it was it just took its time to officially kind of hit that where I was worth doing bigger things and not that I wasn't worth the smaller things too but just was more known in order in order to be discovered for the bigger things I should say yeah no absolutely so when at what point you know you're doing your thing do you say you know what this is what I'm gonna do this is this is my career this is what I'm doing Yeah, I graduated high school and my senior year, I decided that I wanted to try to have like a normal senior year. So I was trying to balance school and do all these things. And I finally came to the point where I was like, Mom, Dad, I love doing music, but I think I need to try to have a normal senior year. And as I found myself desperately trying to do that, I realized that that wasn't what I craved. And I craved playing music and doing what I loved. And I think that I had heard so often growing up and not even from my parents, but just from society that I needed to have a backup plan. And and so I went to college and I majored in English education and vocal performance um, or vocal teaching. And slowly as I moved in, the second I moved into college, I realized that this wasn't necessarily what I thought my path to wherever I would end up was going to be. And the longer I was there, the quicker I realized that 
music was where I really wanted to land and and not noticing that within myself was a disservice because I was playing numerous gigs a month and trying Mm. to balance school and all these things and I realized that if that's where I wanted to be I needed to just go all in yeah now where did you stay close to home for college I was about I was at the University of North Dakota so it was only about like an hour and 45 minutes away from home nice nice um so while you're in college, you're playing gigs, I'm assuming, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Now, how, how was that balance for you? Did, did you, you know, did you finish college? Did you get your degree and all that? No, I actually ended up leaving college. I did 25 shows the month of uh, December. And that's typically the time where college students are taking their finals. And here I was yeah. <laughs> taking finals and trying to study, but also out playing 25 shows leading up to the holiday season. And so I think even just saying that, you can understand how difficult that that might be. Um, And so it it was really that time that for me was screaming almost in my face that it was time to do what I loved. Not that I didn't enjoy college. I think that education is important, but it was just really clear to me through like that hustle. And I actually really enjoyed the hustle of trying to get through college, but also trying to play all these shows. But again, I just really realized that music was where my heart lied. Yeah. Lies. Now, now once once you decided to leave college or not, you know, finish or yeah. however you want to say it, from that point to moving to Nashville, how much time had passed? I was about three years. Oh, wow. Two and a half about, I guess. Wow. Wow. And then at that point, is that when you go full full speed ahead on making music a career or were you, you know, kind of working part-time doing something during the day to keep yourself going? Oh, I went full speed ahead into my career that summer. uh, I was actually being mentored during that December. I had discovered another artist that was willing to mentor me a little bit. He saw what I was doing and just wanted to give me a lending hand. And he was letting me know all the things in which I should be doing to try to I mean, there's no one-way ticket, but just helping right. me out and trying to figure out where I wanted to navigate and what I wanted to do and what I wanted my sound to be like and all of those things. And I think those are still things that we figure out as we go. But sure. it was literally that maybe five months after that, less than five months, actually, I should say, that I made my first trip down to Nashville and started working months at a time in Nashville and just hustling. Wow. That's that's incredible. Yeah. That's that's incredible. So at Thank what you. point – you're yeah. At what point do, you know, your parents or, you know, whomever say to you, you know what, go. It's time. You need to go. Just go. Or is that a conversation you have with yourself and you just decide, hey, see you later. I'm out of here. I think we always knew that I was going to move out here. It was just a matter of when and how yeah. and, and what the circumstances must be and or would be. And as I, I'm sure my parents felt, and I think as any other parent would feel, is you want to make sure that your kid is safe and making the best decisions for themselves. And of course, uh, my family's always been super supportive and helping me figure out and navigating this crazy career and also just helping me figure out what I wanted to do within it. And yeah. they were always supportive of whenever I said I was ready to go. They were right there helping me put all my bags into the trailer and get going. But <laughs> I think I just wanted to really plant my roots in Minnesota and make it to a point where it was, if I needed to come back and sell out a show that I could. Right. Right. Now, 
at what point do you start writing your own music with this whole journey that you're on? I started writing music when I was probably like 12 years old. Um, it was in probably honestly even sooner than that. I just didn't even know that I was writing music. It okay, was always yeah. just my outlet to feel the things that I needed to feel, whether it be anything in my life that I felt I needed to get through or I needed an outlet where some people might go to journaling or channeling a friend or whatever it might be I found my way into writing music and and it's true it's form my original writings weren't necessarily music they were just (laughs) long form paragraphs that I considered a song but I think that those are the steps that it takes to get to where you are and where I am now to wherever I will end up yeah no absolutely so from those songs that you've written in in your t- in your uh, career, right? Yeah. Um, how many of those are you know still around, or things that you've released that have have been changed along the way? Yeah. Um, I have oh geez, I think like nine songs out. My full EP. I my first year like really recording music. I put out an entire EP to introduce people to myself. Uh, it's really cool now to hear that people still relate to that. I re- released that when I was about 18 years old. And so I'm 22 now. There hasn't been an, a wild amount of time, but there's been enough time for growth. I think anybody who knows when you're 18, you're not who you are when you're 18 for too long. Uh-huh. Yep. Um, and so it's really interesting <laughs> to hear people still relating to that music because for me, it feels like it's kind of like opening up an old journal and reading it and being like, oh my gosh, but I'm still really proud <laughs> of it. But at the same sure. time, I'm like, man, <laughs> this is for everybody. But it's still really cool. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's it's cool to be able to have that music out there and to let people listen to my 18-year-old journal entry, if that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no. What, you know, you say that, you know, it, it's funny you say that because it's like, it's very reminiscent of like, you know, Taylor Swift and what right. she with how she started and where she is and where she's going back to, you know, and all that. Right. Um, if you, would you have been able to write and release some of the more recent songs that you've put out? Like, let, uh, let me go, you know, three, four years ago. Um, I don't think so. I don't think yeah. I've experienced enough to have even that artistry within me yet. I was still learning. Yeah. And I think, even now I'm still learning. I'll probably in four years from now say, wow, you know, that music is like an old journal entry too. And I Mm. think that's the cool thing about releasing music is I try to keep it as vulnerable to the place that I'm in as I can. And I keep my music real and it's all something that I feel. And I think the beauty of music is being able to connect with people. And all we want as humans is to feel validated. And if that may be through music, I think that that's a huge gift to be able to give someone. And it's just really cool to be able to release music even from when I was 18, like I was saying, to have people relate to and, and know that down the line it could withstand the amount of time that passes and somebody could still connect to it. So I don't think I could have released something like Let Me Go four years ago, but I think I'll think the same thing in the future as well. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Now, you know, with your writing and your writing style and what you're doing, um, you know, from what I've read about you and seen about you, you know, you come from a very small town from, you know, just over, what, 700 people? Yeah, I and, think a little under. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> um, how, 
how do you think that has you know shaped you not, not even just as a person but as a songwriter and a performer you know compared to somebody else that may have come from you know obviously a much bigger place right you know I think it's the I have the true classic country story like I feel like so many other people do as well mm. uh what I always say when I play Riders Rounds is I have a song called Jackson that'll be coming out later this year and I always say I wrote the song about my hometown because I did and every time what I say is one may say they come from a small town but now take your small town and put it in half now take half of that half and take that into half as well. So you've got a quarter of what your town is. Now that's my small town. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think it really played into my songwriting, but I think it also just played a lot into my character. Yeah. Um, Nashville is like a small town within a large community. And I've always really appreciated how connected everybody is. And in a small community, you know that no matter what's happening, everybody's got your back and they're there to help you out and, it was really nice growing up in a place where I was able to experience so much, but also go outside of that small town to experience even more. I was blessed to be able to travel a lot. And my parents helped and traveled with us all the time when we were kids. And I think that it's affected my songwriting in ways of, I don't need a whole lot to find inspiration from. And I think that's huge for my writing music. Yeah. Yeah. Now, you know, your perspective is obviously going to be different than the people you're writing with. Right. So, you know, how does that play? You know, how do those two sides play each other when you do sit down for a write and, you know, hey, here's an idea. And somebody goes, well, here's an idea. You know, how, you know, do you do you find that your um, your outlook and your lens is similar to even those that, you know, come from, you know, somewhere that has, you know, a, a lot more? You know, right. I, trust me, I grew up in a not as small, not as small of a town as you, but you know, we, we were, you know, if we were like 1200 people, you know, that, that was, that was a lot. You right, know? So, right. you know, I understand what you're saying and where you're coming from. So I'm just kind of curious on how that plays with people that have, you know, you know, been in different situations. Yeah. I mean, I can find relation to anybody that lives in a larger town that has a Walmart or a stoplight. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think it's all for me when you give out your ideas that are right I always just find there's always something that somebody brings up that you fall in love with whether it be your own idea or their idea and I've never come with a lack of relation to a story that somebody is telling and that's what I think makes songwriting so special is that even though their side of what we're writing might be from a little bit of a different lens I also see that perspective and I also understand it and have maybe experienced it in some shape, form or fashion to where mm -hmm. I also have another lens on that song. Um, yeah. I think that's the cool thing about art is that it's, it's relatable and tangible to all in some way. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's crazy. You know, it's, it's cool though, too. I'm sure from, you know, growing up the way you did to, to see things the way you see them now. Yeah. It's, it's a full lens perspective and I'm, I look forward to the line being able to have that perspective on even where I am now. Yeah. Now, once you get to, to town and being in Nashville, like at, at that point, how quickly does do things start to go for you? I think like anybody can say for me, there's times where it's slow and there's times where it feels like you can't catch your breath. And mm -hmm. I'm someone that busy seasons are my favorite seasons. I love to be on the hustle. I love to work hard. That's how I grew up. That's how I've been my entire life. My parents instilled 
a pretty hardcore work ethic in each of our each of their kids and so it's been when it's slow for me I have to remind myself to trust the process and just to keep pushing forward like anybody in any career I feel like but when it's fast you just take my breath and I go full speed ahead it's it's cool I mean it's it's humbling but it's also lifting at the same time yeah now how much did you have in place you know before you moved to Nashville to, you know, really start doing as much as you have? Yeah, I had a full team down here in Nashville, PR management, uh, not on an official level with management, but just a help relationship. But it's been having a full team here has completely, I think, changed the game for me. Traveling back and forth so much helped me in just getting my name out, even if it would be a small amount or a large amount. Uh, just being here and putting my feet on the ground initially before I moved, I think has been one of the reasons why I've been able to go at such a high speed since getting here. I'm sure in a week from now or in a month from now, I'll be like, man, it's so slow, but then it'll speed up just like that. And it's something that I appreciate, but definitely having a team here on some capacity has been extremely helpful for me and putting my foot in the door. Yeah. Yeah. Now, oh, how was I going to say this? So, <laughs> yeah, I, I, my, there was so many things that just went through my brain. I'm, um, I'm the youngest child. I'm long-winded. I apologize. <laughs> no, no, no. That's, it's totally, totally all right. That's like, it's, it's actually perfect because, you know, my purpose for this show is for the listener, you know, to get a sense of who you are, right? Yeah, I love that. You know, I, I tell everybody all the time, like, you know, and excuse my terminology here, but, um, you know, I, you know, I like your music. I love your music. If I didn't, you wouldn't be on this show. I know that sounds I love super, it. you know, that sounds. No, no, no. But it's, like, it's genuine. You know, I appreciate that. But at the that. same time, you know, like people that are listening to this show know, know you have music out, you know, whether they give a shit or not, like that's up to them. You know, what I want is for them to know who you are so right. that in turn they can go listen to your music and get a better sense of where that song came from or, you know, the person behind the song, because I really truly feel that if you know, you know, the songwriter or the performer or whatever of that piece of music or art or whatever, you know, you're going to, as a consumer, respect it and love it that much more. Absolutely. 100% agree. Um, so, you know, you, you have, you know, quite the machine behind you here. You know, you've got a, you know, you've got a great PR team that I've worked with, you know, for, for a few other people now too. And um, so I know you're in really good hands there and you, you know, your social media and everything else you've got going on is, is really huge for an independent up and coming artist. Now, how have you been able to maintain that? Yeah. um, It took a while for me to get to that point. I think, all I tried my entire life to understand the statement, all good things must take time. And so there was a good long while where I was doing it all myself and to be able to have other people that believe in what I'm doing and want to be a part of my team just as much as I want them a part of mine is incredible for me. And I've really appreciated having people that are so believing in my message and what I stand for. And so it's been huge. It's been a huge help for me in doing what I do, but also maintaining what I do as well and keeping my best foot forward. Yeah. Yeah. Now, is it, you know, by the sounds of it, you know, you have the help, right? 
yeah. is it hard is it hard to relinquish some of that control once you're the one that was doing it for so long on your own yeah i mean i think it's like anything even when it comes to like imagine putting your own laundry away you have a certain way of doing it (laughs) and if somebody else comes in and all of a sudden your socks are in the wrong drawer and you're like why are they there it's it's like the same thing it just takes a little bit of process and for me it, it really wasn't that hard though because i understood why I needed it and I understood that they would do their best way and they wouldn't want to do it in a way that I wouldn't like it and I've I've only ever worked with people that I've trusted and and trusted my image and everything that I do with and so it's been we haven't had any socks ending up in the wrong drawer put it that way I've been grateful for that (laughs) yeah well you know that was the that was going to be the question based on the based on what you were saying was like have you had to have that like you know, listen, like, I see what you did. I, you know, I don't care for how you did it or what, what's going on or the image or whatever, you know, have, has yeah. that, that, that hasn't been a conversation? Um, Not currently, not with who I'm working with now. I mean, it's interesting because when you do this, it's everybody kind of has their perception of you, right? And yeah, you're yeah. the only one that's going to know entirely who you are. But sometimes it's weird to the point where I feel like, people on my team like know my next move before I know it and it kind of freaks me out sometimes because I'm thinking it in my head and they're like she's thinking about this and I'm like whoa 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 how did you know I was thinking about that like are you in my brain uh no it's it's cool I've worked with really understanding people and they allow me to be I shouldn't say they allow me to because it's everybody's allowed to be whoever they want to be but I'm able to unequivocally be myself and they take me as I am and I'm I'm really grateful for that that's awesome that's you know, that's really important to have a team that, you know, lets you be you. Right. Because you know, at, right. at the end of the day, you're the face. Exactly. Right? You know? Exactly. And I even view it deeper than that. It's just, it's me, you know, and whether it's my face or my brand or anything at the end of the day, it, it's who I am. And I want to make sure that people know who I am. Right. Right. And that's, that's the most important thing. Right. Absolutely. You know, you know, and that's actually, you know, it's funny because now I'm curious, do you ever, you know, and I've actually never asked anybody this question before. Which Ooh, is, I'm the first. You know, I like it. Yeah. So being, you know, being who you are and the career you're trying to, um, you know, catapult and, and grow and all yeah. that, you know, do you find it hard sometimes being you based on whatever it is, you know, you think or feel or want to say and, you know, keeping it to a personal level rather than, you know, some people just throw whatever they think out there you know right is is there a line for you there based on what you're doing oh I think like anybody you have like a line that you keep personal and a line that you keep public and I would say any artist kind of has that or I think any human has that like how they portray themselves at the grocery store and how they portray themselves at church might be a little bit different (laughs) Um, (laughs) but I guess for me it's there's definitely been times where you're not feeling good or things are happening in your life that you're having to just to kind of put your best foot forward, even though maybe you're hurting a little bit. There's definitely been times where I being completely frank, I've had to put a little bit of a face on, but what I've always sure. been honest with is in my performance and saying, you know, to be honest with y'all today has been the best day for me. You know, I've, I won't go into, I don't go into detail about maybe why today hasn't been the best day, but I think, with music it's such a vulnerable thing and to not be honest in music is such a disservice to your art 
and so yeah. be able to just like be a human being sometimes because I think we forget that and we get so trapped in the the filters of Instagram and the perfection of social media and our how we portray ourselves that we oftentimes forget that we aren't robots we're indeed humans right you know it, it's awesome for you to you know I mean you're a, you're a little younger than I am so it's you know you've grown up in this social media world you know Absolutely. especially in your your impressionable years your teenage years you know all of that right where you know you've always had to kind of walk that line I guess you know where yeah. somebody you know my age who's over 30 um you know we you know my age group and my you know we didn't have that you know we right. didn't have to worry about what we were posting on the internet because it wasn't there <laughs> right you know um you know and you know I'll I'll perfect I'll be the you know I'll be the scapegoat where you know there was a time where you know every thought that came into my brain went right to Facebook right 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 and you know it, I've had to learn the hard way not to do that right <laughs> I always know, then, joke that my generation or I guess my age I'm 22 so I yeah. always joke that my age group and maybe a year or two above was the first age group to really be drilled with that. How would you feel if your grandma saw this statement? Right. Right. <laughs> right. You know, Facebook for me wasn't a thing until my, you know, my first year of college, you know, right. so, you know, and that was a long time ago now. Um, and so like, you know, high school, middle school, like nobody knew what the hell we were doing. You yeah. know, at all times. Yeah. You know, so we could we could be idiots and nobody knew we were being idiots. Yeah. It wasn't like a what happens or it was a what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. It wasn't yeah. a what, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, but also on all social media as well. Right. <laughs> right. Right. You know, and it's, you know, even, you know, it's really as much as I hate to say it, only within the last couple of years of, you know, having kids and them being in different things where you, you know, for me personally, it's the whole social media thing really started to go low key because it's like, well, you know, I'm not this, you know, asshat in real life. Why do I want to portray that, you know, on the internet just to give somebody a rise? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think everybody, I shouldn't say everybody. I feel like for myself, <laughs> <laughs> I treat the internet as just like a way of portraying myself but also it, it doesn't always have to be the best version of myself too because again I think it's I remember going on Instagram when it was still literally brand new and using the Instagram filters was huge but now using things like Facetune is huge and and knowing that for me I have a young audience as well that I try to keep in mind that is extremely impressionable and I don't want right. to be that person that is always perfect because then they'll grow up with that image of thinking that they have to be perfect too and I'm far from that yeah 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 you know and that's that's a great way to really look at it and see it and you know I think that's admirable of you to know you know especially so early on you know how what you do and say affects you know really you know everybody oh yeah <laughs> you know, yeah whether I... that's good or bad you know that's up to others to decide but right um yeah, that's that's great that you that you have that sense. I I got to credit my my older brother. I've three older brothers as well as my parents for that as well. My parents and my entire family outside of my parents, aunts, uncles, cousins, so on and so forth, grandparents. Uh, none of them were ever afraid to debate in front of us, whether it be political or just yeah. on the silliest thing of how 
cooked is your toast, you know, whatever it might be. They were never <laughs> afraid to have those sort of conversations in front of us. And we learned a lot about how the way that you say things and the things that you say mean something and your word mm. means something and the way that you present yourself means something. And I think a lot of my beliefs and the way that I handle a lot of what I do are captured a lot through a lot of that time when I was younger and super impressionable. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's great. You know, my, you know, my parents kind of did the same thing, you know, there was nothing that was off the table to talk about. Right. So I, you know, I took a lot of that, you know, you can say anything you want and brought it to avenues that, you know, come to fight. Oh, that yeah. wasn't what they were meant for. Right, right. I totally uh, get it. And siblings yeah. are super unforgiving sometimes. They let you know that you said the wrong thing one time or that you you stammered. <laughs> siblings yeah. are the oh. greatest ones to put you in your place sometimes. I'm grateful for oh, them, but sure. definitely yeah, keeps I, on your toes. They got to. Yeah. I I don't know the sibling thing at all, but you know from what I gather, I can I can totally understand what that that might be like. It's like the like the voice in the back of your head that's telling you certain things, or man, maybe I shouldn't have said that, but they're just saying it out loud. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, so, you know, with your music and what you're doing, you know, what is what does the rest of this year look like for you on that front? Yeah, for me with music, the rest of my year. I mean, music is my life, so it's my life <laughs> looks like yeah, yeah, yeah. what um, does your life look like right <laughs> <laughs> well to put my life in short terms for the year <laughs> um <laughs> it, i'll be releasing three singles this year i'll be opening for some cool opening acts this summer um of which are not announced yet so i have to unfortunately be that person that's like stay tuned but um please stay tuned <laughs> uh lots of new projects happening videos songs and just different partnerships in the work and projects that I'm really proud of. And this year, my whole thing has been to make the most out of every mile that I get and just making it all count. So I'm excited to be able to do that. That's awesome. That's awesome. Now, what about releases? What, what does that look like for you? Yeah, we've got Leave on March 18th. It'll be dropping. I wrote that on with Charlie Reynolds and Cameron Palmer um and then I've got another song that I'm cutting it from a couple artist friends of mine Emily Fortney and Butter as well as a personally written song called Jackson coming out I can't say all the dates yet because we got to announce those things but you'll got that's you'll fine. get three songs <laughs> awesome that's great that's that's really cool yeah I'm um, excited so Every oh, I you're the first guest I think that has actually been hush hush about things. I have I I'd love to just do the <laughs> DL man. I'm again I'm the youngest child. I've got I'm long winded. I can keep going and going and going, but then I'm gonna be reminded that I can't keep going and going and going. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I get I get that. I get that a hundred percent. Um But if you follow so, my socials, you'll see everything when it comes out. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Now What's some things that you could tell the audience that, you know, really, you know, that, that we haven't discussed that, you know, drives your, drives your songwriting, drives who you are and, you know, all those sorts of things to really understand you a little more than, than we, than we do already. Yeah. What drives me? Um, a lot of the times I, when I'm maybe feeling uninspired or I'm trying to remember things in, in a hard 
moment, whatever it might be. I just remember my younger self that dreamt of doing exactly what I'm doing right now. The seven-year-old girl at her birthday party that decided to grab the play school mic and speaker and sing on the couch in front of all of her friends. It's, It's those moments that, for me, have really kept my feet on the ground and kept me running in all aspects of my life and pushing my career and myself to be better and go further and work harder in all aspects and for writing for me it's just always personal I I can write things that are not personal to just me like I said earlier somebody can somebody else can bring the idea to the table and I can understand it and maybe had experience a variation of what they're talking about in some capacity Mm -hmm. um but sometimes it's extremely personal for me I've never released a song that I didn't feel personal about and I've never made moves in music in my career that I didn't truthfully believe and stand for. And so I think that the biggest thing for me is just knowing that people know that what I'm doing is something that I believe in and that if I say I stand for something, it's it's something that I feel very deeply about. Wow, that's that's incredible. That, and that's, that's, you know, that's a real great, um, you know, way to, to be. It really is. Yeah, I think the whole thing is about being yourself. That's why we love the artists that we see. And I want to make sure that I, I keep doing that. I, I can't be someone I, although I was in theater at five years old, I can't, I'm not somebody that acts when it comes to my personal life and my personal life is my music. Yeah, no. And that's, that's the way it should be. You know, right. it really is. Um, so now, you know, I know, I know you've got a lot going on and I thank you so much for, for being on the show and coming and telling your story and, you know, giving us a a better glimpse of who you are oh thank you for having me seriously this has been so fun good um now i you know i told you i didn't have any questions prepared and you know i i don't except for the last really two of the night which are you know seeing we are the boots and whiskey podcast you know what are your boots and what is your whiskey and if you don't have a whiskey like because i've heard that so much over the last couple of weeks for some reason um A drink of choice is is fine, too. A drink of choice. Um, Right now, my boots are my white go-go boots. <laughs> nice. Uh, I don't drink, but my family is a huge Canadian club family. Uh, my preferred drink is just an Arnold, Arnold Palmer iced tea situation. That's, that's a great situation to be in. Right, yeah. That is definitely a go-to if I'm not drinking whiskey right Uh, (laughs) that's awesome that's awesome so all right now you know again like i said thank you so much for being here um tell us all how we can stay in contact with you and you know how to find you how to follow you and and all that yeah you can find me on all social medias and by all i mean tiktok instagram facebook pinterest youtube Everything, my website. My website is DarianLee.com. All my social medias are at DarianLee. Uh, but if you go to DarianLee.com, you can be directed to everything. I'm on every streaming platform. You can find me everywhere that you can purchase music, all the things. And if you can't find me there, go to my website, DarianLee.com, and then you'll find me there. <laughs> awesome. But thank awesome. you for having well, me, truly. I've really absolutely. appreciated it. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for being here. And, you know, whenever things come out, you know, just let us know and give us a heads up because, you know, there's there's so much going on and, and you know, we'll throw it out there for you. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love that. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for your time. And we'll we'll talk super soon. Yes, thank you. All right. Thanks.
Well, there you have it. Happy Sunday, everybody. Thank you for indulging me and giving you a surprise episode today. Um, who knows? Maybe we'll continue to do that a little more. A little surprise episode here and there. Um, remember our regular scheduled programming on Tuesday. We'll have Jennifer Lauren, Diamonds and Whiskey on Tuesday. And then maybe a, maybe a special episode in between. Um, who knows? Again, today we have the Lansdowne Street um, Country Crawl. Um, that's what I'm calling it. David Nail's going to be there. A bunch of locals going to be there. Craig Campbell's going to be there. I'm super psyched for this, guys. Um, so stick around. If you're listening to this today, watch the socials. We'll be on it all, all day um, with everything that's going on. And I, I'm really looking forward to seeing everybody. It's lots of friends today. And then tomorrow we have Hardy and Nika Moon and Annie Brobst over at Big Night Live. Great venue there. Stay tuned for that as well. And then we'll have our conversation with Jennifer Lauren on Tuesday. Um, so without further ado, thank you, everybody. Check us out on social media. Thanks for all the likes, shares, and comments. And we'll see you on Tuesday. And we'll see you along the road for the next two day, uh, for today and tomorrow with shows. And um, until next time, keep the boots on the ground, the whiskey in the glass, guys. Cheers.